Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, a Brooklyn shooting, a uh, subway shooting, uh, Philadelphia mandating mask. We're masking. Uh, a lot to talk about with Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a fruitcake first class. Uh, and so many other things. The Ukraine, the shootings, the rapes. The rapes, outstanding. So many. Uh, Putin's crazy. Absolutely off his rocker. Okay, so that, those are some of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to go to a few interesting places also. We're going to go, obviously, to Brooklyn, the subway shooting. Philadelphia. Washington, D.C., Saudi Arabia, Key Largo, the Seven Mile Bridge, Augusta, Georgia, Southampton, Long Island, India, the Ukraine, and Singapore. Okay, let's start with the uh, Brooklyn subway shooting this morning, 824 in the morning. Uh, the subway cars are crowded going. Everyone's going to work in the morning in New York. I went to college in New York. I, this was so many years ago. But the infrequent times I had to take the subway, they were packed at certain hours. It was wild. Anyhow, uh, so far, a significant number of people have been injured. It's interesting uh I went to three media sources to get the number, and each one comes up with a different number. Not bad. One's 23, the other's 28, and another one's 29. My point, though, is not that the numbers aren't straight. This is the first day of the shooting. Uh, the shooting is just, what, 12, 13 hours old, uh, and people are still probably showing up in hospital emergency rooms saying, I got shot this morning, uh, or I got hurt this morning in the, the subway attack. So that doesn't make any difference. Uh, here's the story. They had pictures already of the bad guy, the assailant. A black man, heavy set. Uh, it's so easy today to get pictures. It's amazing. Cameras are every place. Though the ones that they really wanted in the subway car were not working. But they're coming from other sources. So they got his picture up on the Internet. Now someone's going to recognize him. Be that as it may, he put on a gas mask, took two cans, and they were smoke bombs, and he threw them into the car. No, no one can see but him, and uh, assuming no one can breathe but him. He couldn't see that good either. He started shooting randomly and ended up with 23, 28, 29 injured. No one killed, fortunately. Uh the police have designated him, though they don't know his name, as a person of interest. Okay, he is considered dangerous. Well, I, I find uh, two things interesting. Yesterday, President Biden announced he was going to sign an executive order to do something about guns. Every president for so many years now wants to do something about guns, except for Donald Trump, and. Nothing really gets done. It's a shame. This, we're gun crazy in this country. Uh, and But he talked about it yesterday, the president, and he put it right up front on his table of things to do. And then comes today the shooting. Well, the shooting's in New York City. They have a new mayor, Mayor Adams, uh, who happens to be home with coronavirus right now, or he was subjected or exposed to COVID. And 
one of his main items in his campaign to become mayor was got to cut down on the shootings, got to cut down on the crime in New York. So it's interesting that the city and the federal government are coming together on this issue. Uh, One other point of interest is the safest big city in the United States today is New York City. They've done a good job over the years. They are the safest city in the United States, big city. Okay, having said all that, what Trump, what Biden said yesterday, what Major Mayor Adams' campaign on, I don't think is going to do any good. Excuse me for uh, being negative. I think if there ever was a shooting in this country which would accomplish something with regard to gun safety, it was Sandy Hook 10 years ago. Sandy Hook School in Connecticut 10 years ago. 26 people killed. 20 were children 5 to 10 years old. Now, I thought, sure, this country would do something. The NRA couldn't stand the power against it. The Republicans couldn't stand the power against it. This was 20 children, 5 to 10 years old. And what happened? Nothing. So how can this little subway thing be the spark to ignite a revolution uh, to get us gun control as we should have it? Moving on. Philadelphia, we have trouble with COVID, my friends. COVID's coming back. Uh, Whether it's going to be a biggie or a smallie, we don't know. But Philadelphia yesterday reinstated indoor mask mandate. It's indoor mask mandate in public places. Okay. COVID is rising uh, very much in Philadelphia. And so they say as of April 18th, which is about a week from now, you must wear a mask in a public place. Uh, The cause, again, is the uptick. That's the word they use. There's a tick, they say, with COVID. The uptick is, as of Sunday, in the United States, there were 31,000 new cases. Now, cases have been down. You know it, and I know it. People felt comfortable taking over them up their masks. I still wear mine when I go out, i got to be honest. Uh, but I, I, that's me. But most people, I don't see anybody else wearing a mask, by the way, when I'm out. Uh, however, that's a 3% increase, 31,000, over the previous two weeks. Uh, so we have a new White House uh, COVID czar, all right, named Ashish Jha. J-H-A, Ashish Ja. He says, and I, I didn't like his, his answer, he said uh, that this is not the moment to be excessively concerned. Well, that doesn't mean bullshit. You either tell people to wear a mask or you tell them not to wear a mask. You don't let them make their own judgment. I know half the population in this country doesn't agree with me. So keep your masks off, folks. Get sick. Make your family sick. Some of you die. You ask for it, you get it. You may have been lucky thus far. You don't know. You don't gamble with your own life or anyone else's life for that matter. I suspect 
as the COVID numbers increase across the United States, uh, many other cities uh, are going to, or businesses are going to reinstate the mask mandates. Pay attention, my friends. You too can die. Okay, now, when Judge Jackson was before the Senate Judiciary Committee, one of the uh, senators, a woman whose name I can't remember, not important to the issue, asked Judge Jackson to define woman. Now, that's a pain in the ass question because it's so gouged and full of politics. It was an unfair question. And Judge Jackson, she, she dealt with it quite effectively. She didn't answer it, but, you know, she gave an answer that was a non-answer. And the reason the senator was asking the question is because the GOPs have a culture war. You know, they, they uh, these sexual issues in school, books to read, books not to read, uh, who can use the girls' bathroom, the boys' bathroom, all these things are coming up, and this all has to do, a lot of this has to do with what's a woman, who's a woman, uh, and who's a man. So she handled it well. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay? Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about this, and during her talk at some rally, you're not going to believe what this tough woman did, this congressional person. She's tough, boy. She condemns everything and everybody. She's afraid of no one. Here's what she said. She said, uh, women are weak. Yeah, but this is the best part of that sentence. And the property of their husbands. This woman, Marjorie Taylor Black, of all people, saying she is the property of her husband, hard to believe. She went on to say, we are the weaker sex. She doesn't sound it. She doesn't appear it. Now, let's stay with Marjorie Green, cause, Taylor Green, because she comes up with these interesting statements, comments along the way. She referred to Judge Jackson in an interview this past week as, and I quote, ignorant. She should be so smart. Now, one of the best times came up yesterday, I think, or the day before, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay, was defending, defending January 6th. What happened at the Capitol? She was defending, okay? And her reason for defending January 6th and saying we don't need this commission in these hearings was, and I quote, It only happened one time. What was she saying? We only had this insurrection one time. If it happens again, we'll worry about it. But not if it only happens one time. You shouldn't take it so seriously. Well, how about this? I go out and murder someone. First time I murdered anyone. Since it's only my first time, why why should I be charged, tried, convicted, electrocuted, or whatever way they do it today? I should get a free pass. Suppose I rape a woman. It would be the first time. I could say it only happened one time. Why should I bear any responsibility for the rape? Why should I be punished for the rape? And and, and suppose I had sex with a child. Why? Wouldn't this give me the right to say it only happened one time? Uh, See, she was wrong. You don't give someone a break for only one time. 
if it's a gigantic crime, okay, and January 6th was gigantic, and so would be murder, rape, and sex with a child. What she wants to do, she's playing Monopoly with human lives. She's playing Monopoly with human lives. She wants to give everyone, in effect, she may have realized this when she made the statement, but she is giving everyone a free pass, a don't go to jail card. Which now brings me to a very interesting story, one you are somewhat aware of, I'm probably totally aware of, may have missed a point or two that I want to bring to your attention. I'm talking about Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. First of all, we all know last week, uh, they both testified before the January 6th committee. Uh, Jared was questioned on his day before the committee for seven hours. Ivanka was uh, testified for eight hours. Both came voluntarily, did not need to be subpoenaed, never took the Fifth Amendment during all those hours of testimony, and the Congressional Committee uh, indicated uh, they were pleased with their responses. They were cooperative. Okay. Having said all that, I said, what the hell are they doing? Throwing father, father-in-law under the bus. They're throwing Donald Trump under the bus. This is the man. You know, you don't do this to your own blood relative, in effect, or next to blood relative. Uh, and I said, boy, is he going to be mad? What they were doing was throwing him under the bus, I thought at the time, uh, to get a free pass for any wrongdoings they may have committed while in the White House. And I wrote about this. I think I spoke about it also last week. I'm sure I did. Now comes this report that came out yesterday. And this report changes my tune, changes my thought of why they were so cooperative. All right, here's what happened. Jared Kushner is very good friends with the main prince. They have a lot of princes in Saudi Arabia, but the guy who runs the country. Uh, and uh, he, it, was, it came out yesterday. It wasn't announced by Jared. I think it came out in the New York Times. He must have known this was coming, and he was trying to cover his ass before it hit the news, okay? That's why he was cooperative with the committee. He said, let me testify. Make my wife, te- my wife will testify also. He, it was announced by the New York Times, and what I'm, expressing, saying at this moment, happened after Trump was out of office, happened after January 20th. But he went over there, and they made a deal. He and the the prince. uh, The prince has an investment company. That's how they deal with their money over there. And he, the prince is, this is his investment company, committed, Dave, Two billion dollars to Jared for a company Jared was starting, another investment company. Two billion dollars. Now, Jared, Jared knows nothing about investments. He 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 was in the real estate business. Uh, this is a totally different world, investments. Uh, whereas the prince, he's got all his money in investments over there. But they, he gave him, he gave Jared $2 billion, invested it in Jared's investment, new investment company that doesn't have anything, has no track record, 
And here's the deal, the way it's worked out. This is fantastic, folks. Uh, nothing's for nothing. Saudi Arabia, in effect, bought a 28% interest in Jared's new company. And for that, they gave $2 billion. But they, because they're $2 billion, basically the most or all the money in the company, uh, they have the right, and they did exercise it, to set forth certain rules, okay? And rules, they're, they're very favorable to Jared, okay? Uh, and, and this this is it. Uh, they, they approved in their agreement that Jared gets a management fee. He doesn't have to make one investment. The company doesn't have to make any money. But every year he is entitled to a fee for taking care of that $2 billion, a management fee, which is not uncommon, by the way, in these agreements, of $25 million. He can sit on his ass and he can take $25 million. And he will take $25 million, whether he works for it or not, because that's his right under the agreement. And, the world of fi- and in the world of high finance, this is the way things are done. It's appropriate. Uh, now I'm saying to myself, Jared and Ivanka knew this was, of course, coming. They wanted to look like good guys, so they testified before the committee uh, and did, in effect, throw their father and their father-in-law under the bus a bit. Uh, but now I'm wondering, what's Donald Trump's interest in all this? Because the real friend here is of the prince is not Jared. It's Donald. <laughs> all right, the, Donald Trump, former president. He's buddy-buddy with the prince more than Jared is, though Jared is a friend. Donald Trump has a reputation of getting a piece of any business deal he's involved with or directly or indirectly. Is Donald Trump going to get a piece of this $2 billion somehow? Is Donald Trump going to get a That doesn't sound ethical. What would be okay was if somehow Jerry could move part of that $25 million management fee into his father-in-law's hands, and that could very well be the case. Time will tell. Let's talk about what's going up in this country, in this world here of ours. Only three items. Let's talk about gasoline first. We know gasoline's going up. It's gone up. In Key West, uh, it went up from four and a quarter to four sixty a gallon. Uh, not bad. I don't. And uh, the last time I was out a couple of days ago, it was down to four dollars fifty-five cents a gallon. Many parts of the country, gasoline's over $5 a gallon. We always seem to get hit with the highest gas limits here in Key West uh, per gallon. Anyhow, a Sloan, you hear me talk about Sloan, who works with me. Sloan had to go to Miami last week, and she told me over the weekend, she says, you won't believe this, she said. Key West is the southernmost community in the United States, southernmost point. Key Largo is the end of the Keys. They're north. They're 140 miles north of Key West, straight up US-1, the only way to get there. She says the first 15 miles, gas was 460 a gallon. From that point on, after the first 15 miles to Key Largo, it was 40 cents cheaper a gallon. Now you tell me why. 40 cents cheaper a gallon. All right, now... We are, I called the other night. Once a month, I have a craving desire for pizza. 
It was during the Masters. They said, well, I'll have pizza. So I usually call pizza. They call them up for a medium pizza, not even their big one. And they don't have a small one. I'm one person. Uh, and I got pepperoni and sausage. And I also ordered six wings. I like wings. They're not the greatest wings, but I like wings. Now comes the bill because I charge it on my credit card over the phone. They deliver it. $35. I never paid more than $20 for what I just ordered. And I told the guy. I abused him right away. I couldn't help it. Uh, I lost my head for a moment. I said, how can you, $35? I've never paid up $20. He says, that's what we got to charge. He says, we'll cancel the order. I don't want it. That's amazing that the cost of pizza has gone up that much. Now, Key West is in the county of Monroe. Monroe County covers all of the keys, I believe, up to Homestead, which is between Key Largo and Miami. All right. Now, the county of Monroe and the city of Key West got together and they said, we are having, and I quote, a housing affordability crisis in Key West and in Monroe County. Well, if you live here, you don't have to tell us that. I mean, rents have gone up phenomenally. You can't find an apartment to rent uh, because people see the, the the people who got money see how high the rents are going up. They say to their tenants, "You pay this increase, or you're out." And the increase is big money every month. These people can't afford it, and they're out in two months, three months. They're out, and there's nothing to rent. This is the shame of it all. So where there was one person living in an apartment, there's now two or three living together again or four. Okay. Now, why the affordability crisis? And this number shocked me. I know how bad it is here. No one understands if they don't live here. Uh, the rent increase for the past year in Key West and all of the Flor- Florida Keys, I'm, I'm smiling when they say it because <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's happened. It went up 30% in the last year. 30% in the last year, people's rent went up. Now, I ask you to take 30% of the rent you're paying now. And what, how much would it be if you had to pay another 30%? You'd say, I can't afford that. The cost of groceries have gone crazy. The cost of gasoline's gone crazy. And that's the way it is now. And housing is a real problem down here. Okay, Seven Mile Bridge, beautiful bridge, in the Keys here, somewhere near the middle of the Keys, uh, is a bridge several miles long, and it's strictly over water. Uh, it's beautiful. The drive over, it's beautiful. It's one lane each way. Uh, pure ocean on each side, due during the daytime. The sun on the water, this blue, some days green. Uh, you can't beat the view. You cannot beat the view. It's a lovely drive. Well, there was a another seven-mile bridge at one time, which because of the hurricanes and the sun and the heat and everything else got beat up and wasn't safe anymore for cars to drive over. So years ago, they built this concrete bridge that is now the seven-mile bridge, and whatever minimal repairs it needs every year they do nobody worries about it but the old seven mile bridge had remained open not for cars for people about a third of the bridge on the north side was converted to a place where people walked it was 50 feet from the the new bridge they ran parallel 50 feet apart but 
Now people went and walked, rode their bicycles, roller skated. And it was just beautiful out there to do that or just stand there and look at the water, an occasional boat, very infrequent out there. Uh, just terrific. And then it got so bad that it was unsafe to use. So seven years ago, it was closed down. It's taken seven years to renovate it. I wish to announce that the Seven Mile Bridge, the old Seven Mile Bridge, is now open. I saw pictures of it on the Internet. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, go back, folks, to your walking, your jogging, your bicycle riding, your roller skating. Uh, they even have, they've had these before. They have uh, parking lots. That's how many people use that by foot. Great experience. If you're ever down here, too, make sure you take the opportunity to go visit the old bridge and take a walk on it. Well worth the experience. The Masters Golf Tournament this week. Fantastic. Terrible weather. Wrong weather for golf. I mean, gusts up to 40 miles an hour, 20, 20 25 mile an hour winds, heavy rains. It, it doesn't bring out the true talent in a golfer. Uh, and very few golfers score well. Two did or three did in this tournament. Uh, the winner was a 26-year-old fellow by the name of Scotty Scheffler. Uh, 26. Now, he's only been a pro three years. He's won four of his last six golf tournaments. He's played six tournaments this year. He's won four of them, one of them being the Masters. He had it all the way. Uh, he had a little danger in the back nine on Sunday, but his competitor, closest competitor, Cameron Smith, uh, who two weeks ago won a major golf tournament, his first one in the United States, uh, creeped up and was like two, two strokes away when Cameron put one of his shots in the water and then three putted. I think he had a triple bogey or something, and he was out of it, and it was Schiffler all the way all right uh nice guy seems humble his whole family was there his mother said we're nobody because everybody's making a big fuss over her son she says we're nobody <laughs> and she was humble she was serious all this stuff for her son you know well let me tell you you know what the, how much he made for winning that tournament <laughs> first place paid two points Seven million dollars, two point seven million dollars. Arnold Palmer, <laughs> Jack Nichols, these guys never saw that kind of money. Two point seven million dollars. God bless Scotty Scheffler. Tiger Woods played in the tournament. First tournament since last year in the terrible accident where they wanted to take his leg off. Uh, this is the first time he played. His goal was to play the whole four days, being able to walk the course. He did it. He succeeded. His game sucked. It was good the first two days. His game wasn't bad the first two days. It looked like, you know, if he got a couple, three or four good shots in the next round, he'd be in first place. But uh, he got tired. You could see, I could see from the, on the third and fourth days. Started on the third day, the pain. He grimaced. His face, it just was wrinkled. The man was suffering as he was walking and playing. And he said when it was over, he says, I wanted to finish. I finished. I didn't expect to win. I think I did all right. I had some good shots and bad shots. Uh, he says, no, I'm going to go home. I'm not going to play every golf tournament, but I will play again when I feel I can do it and hopefully this time win. I never play if I think I can't win. I thought I might win this one, but I was wrong. But I'll get there, and when I can't play, I won't play anymore. 
and he doesn't have to play anymore if he does not want to. Uh, strange things, my friend, strange things happen. Uh, seals. Seals. Now, I assume seals are in cold places, the Arctic and the Antarctica. I saw them in Big Sur uh, in California, you know, the cliffs come way down in the water. And I used to play Pebble Beach out there and so forth. I went out there a few times. And down below the cliffs are these rocks and the big waves, and thousands of seals are sitting on those rocks, thousands of seals, you know, cluttered up to each other, too. But I never thought they would be on Long Island in the Hamptons, though, you know, Southampton, East Hampton, West Hampton. Well, a baby seal got stuck in a traffic circle in Southampton, and turns out Seals do come to the Hamptons every summer. They follow the fish from down south because they have to eat the fish who come up up in the summertime with the warm weather. Uh, and this particular baby seal apparently came up early, uh, but some of the fish were already coming up, and he followed a group. And then he got on land, and he got in the traffic circle, and he didn't know what the hell to do. They saved him, and I'm sure he'll be brought back to the water somewhere somehow that is my show for tonight hope you enjoyed come back again next week i love doing this show i love being with you on tuesday nights good night my friends